0: FC 263 Post Fight Thoughts. Dun, dun, dun. Hey guys, Fight Junkie here. As usual, before we jump into this next episode, I want to remind you guys, you can hit me up on Twitter at FightJunkie.com. Follow me on Parler at Fight Junkie. Listen to me on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Apple, Amazon. Basically, anywhere you can find a podcast, I'll be there. You can also subscribe to the YouTube channel. Oh wait. Hold up. Scratch that. YouTube deleted my channel. Um, let me think. Okay. I got it. You can also subscribe to the Rumble channel. rumble.com Dot com. Slash. Fight Junkie. Want live stream? Twitch. Dot Slash. Real. Fight. Junkie. Mohammed vs. Maya. Edwards vs. Diaz. Figueredo vs. Moreno. Arsanya vs. Vittori. Not too shabby. Clean sweep, to be fair. Most of the time on these cards, you generally have like 15 fights on a card. Certainly not betting that many fights on the single card. Now, I know there's a lot of people out there that do that for fun. They'll pick every single fight on the card. But when you're actually betting, most of the time, you're going to pick those fights that you think have the highest uh, winning probability. And that's what you're going to focus on. And with the odds on these fights, you generally coming out midweek. You're probably not going to have enough time to do the entire card if you wanted to. And to be honest with you, that's a recipe for disaster over the long haul. Because you need to focus your time and attention and dig deep into these fights to make sure that you're giving yourself the most realistic chance of winning them. It doesn't always work and maybe next week I'll be on here saying I went 0-4. That happens. But what you want is that consistency. So you're trying to get the consistent wins over time. And it's not even necessarily about winning more than losing depending on the odds. You could have a fight card where you went 2-2 and and you actually made money. It really just depends on what you're betting, who you're betting on, what the odds are. And then we get into props. So before we get into this, the first thing is the the arm break and the uh, hill fight. Woo! Well... I guess it wasn't actually an arm break. It seemed like at the time it was an arm break against Paul Craig. But then it was reported during the broadcast it was actually only dislocated. If you saw the fight it really did look like it was broken. It was flopping all over the place. But that was just crazy that the ref either didn't see it or didn't feel it was a significant injury. Ultimately stopped it because of the elbows from the bottom from Craig. But I just thought that was incredibly strange like generally if a fighter screams they'll they'll step in or if it even looks to be like it's in a bad position where you know it might break a limb they're gonna come in there or certainly if you see an arm flopping around like he could have missed the whole transition and they were spinning around and tumbling and then you know you come out of that and your arms flopping most of the time most referees are gonna step in and stop it right there. That's not a natural movement for your arm. Referee should have noticed that. If it was actually broken, which it wasn't, just dislocated, which is insane. I mean, the guy's getting elbowed on top of the head with his arm flopping around like a fish out of water. Insane. Terrible. Terrible. Uh, positioning and action by the referee because he was right there looking at I mean the camera was looking at we were looking at everybody watching it was looking at it his position seemed to be where he could see it where he could see his arm flopping around I had no idea what the ref thought I really don't very strange moment for a fight and a fight ending outcome that doesn't end on a floppy arm but it ends from elbows from bottom very strange but good news is it's not broken because it looked like it was very very badly damaged and even when they were announcing the winner how he was holding it it was incredibly painful and how tough is he I mean wow he still didn't tap that's insane so we didn't have any action on that fight but that was just a crazy outcome and a match mainly due to poor refereeing uh, as far as Muhammad and uh, Demi Amaya goes Pretty boring. But guess what? That's what we wanted. That's how we capped it. That's what we hoped would happen since we were on Mohammed Points. Now you can go check, double check, triple check, everything I'm telling you, you just gotta find the video. Since I'm not on YouTube anymore, I can't link it. Rumble doesn't have that feature. But if you're listening to it on a podcast, whatever platform you're on, just go back. They all have their own individual podcasts. So if I'm talking about Maya and Mohammed, you can find that. If I'm talking about Arasanya and Vittori, you can find that. And you can just double check, triple check, whatever. Make sure I'm telling the truth. But uh, we liked uh, Mohammed via points in this one. And this is what we were hoping was going to happen was a dull, boring fight. You were hoping... Mohammed would be able to stuff the takedowns and just basically outbox Maya. Obviously, you needed to go to the distance, but it really wasn't too big of a concern because of the durability of Maya and the fact that Mohammed doesn't really have huge punching power. He doesn't have that double shock. And so I thought Maya, even at the age 43, even being knocked out in his last fight, even though he's on a slide, even though he's a fighter too, probably from retirement or at least retiring from the UFC, I still thought that Maya was going to be durable enough, that Muhammad's takedown defense would be good enough, and that there wasn't a real threat of Muhammad bombing him out on the feet. Figured he'd probably land more punches, but Meyer would be able to absorb them and ultimately lose the decision, and that's what it did. It was an exciting fight. There's not really much to go into, you know, regarding the tactics and the the action in the fight. It is what it is. It's what we expected, but it worked out perfectly. So hopefully you guys cash that Muhammad by decision ticket. Uh, the next fight that we talked about was the Leon Edwards-Nate Diaz fight. This one was interesting going into it because it was five rounds. It wasn't the co-main event. In fact, I think this is the first time that's ever happened where a co-main event or a main event for a non-title was five rounds. But that was significant because when you looked at the odds... In my opinion, the reason that Edwards was favored to win inside was simply because it was five rounds. And it wasn't even because people thought, or the books thought, or the public thought, whoever was betting on that prop, that he was going to bomb Diaz out. Diaz is notoriously durable. It was because of the cuts. And, and the way that he busts up and how he leaks so easily. And you saw that in this fight. It took a little bit longer than most people would probably assumed it would. Which was a good thing for us because we were on Edwards by decision. The five rounds was a little bit scary. And when he started leaking you start going oh no. The cut to the head was bleeding bad on the side of his head. But that was no danger whatsoever. It was the one over the eye that was kind of concerning fortunately for anyone backing Edwards by decision it was more to the outside of the eye and for the most part of the fight it didn't leak directly into the eye now you don't have to worry about Diaz quitting that's not what I'm saying Diaz is tough as nails the problem is we have officials in there that will stop the fight another portion of the fight that was a little bit worrisome as it was going on were the leg kicks generally speaking Diaz doesn't check leg kicks at all so that was always going to be a problem especially in a five round fight but Edwards started really quick out of the gate chewing that leg up that was a problem because you could see it was visibly affecting Nate Diaz of course again he's not going to quit but when your leg comes off and you fall down that could be a problem so Uh, Edwards in the beginning was just chopping at it, chopping at it, round after round after round. Fortunately, for those of us who had Edwards by decision, he stopped kicking the leg. I don't know why. I don't know if it was a fatigue issue or what it was, but he stopped kicking the leg. There were points in time in there. I was thinking to myself, If he keeps chopping at this leg and Diaz starts to go down and can't get up and can't put weight on it, they're going to stop this fight. It was getting to that point where they were so effective and it was visibly hurting Diaz that I thought, if he keeps this up, how many more times can Diaz absorb the leg kicks? Fortunately, for some reason, he went away from it and that allowed Diaz to mentally tough it out Keep walking forward and put pressure on Edwards. The really scary portion in the fight, if you were on Edwards by decision, was the fact that he controlled and pieced up Diaz for 24 minutes and almost got knocked out in the last minute of the last round. Insane. One straight left hand from Nate Diaz and Edwards is on spaghetti legs all over the place. Some people were saying that uh, Diaz hesitated and kind of toyed with him in the beginning after he hurt him and if if he didn't do that He may have been able to get him out of there I really can't argue that because even at the end of the fight when Diaz really started putting the pressure on and really wouldn't allow Edwards to clinch Edwards was in trouble. He was in trouble immediately after the punch landed Diaz kind of clowned for a bit It allowed Edwards to clear his head just enough to get some movement in there. And then I think Diaz, it clicked like, this dude is really, really hurt. like I can take him out. And then he started the pressure. And when he started the pressure, you could see that Edwards was in serious trouble. He was trying to hold. He did all the things that you're supposed to do. He did it correctly. He was trying to hold. He was trying to move. He was trying to clear his head. He was trying to survive. Any more time in that fight, and Edwards certainly goes down. What happens if it hits the mat? Who knows? But he was in such bad shape that it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility that if DS didn't clown, or if you put another 15, 20, even 30 seconds on there, that DS could have pulled that right out of the hat. He could have pulled that win out of the fire. That's how bad Edwards was hurt. Now, Once the bell rang to end the fight, there's no doubt in my mind that we had won the bet. But at that point in time, for that 50 seconds, that was the most danger that we had been in of losing our bet. Because even though Nate was cut in two different spots, bleeding all over the place, and had his leg chewed up, you still knew he was still in the fight. He was still tough as nails. They were doing a good enough job. That you didn't have a really hard look from the doctors or the officials Edwards quit kicking the leg so all of those things were going in our favor and you're thinking fifth round all he has to do is basically box and we got this you know don't chop the leg anymore that wasn't a concern he hadn't really been focused on that for a few rounds the cuts were leaking but nobody was going to stop it in the fifth round unless something crazy happened Edwards was kind of in a prevent defense just doing enough boxing moving everything was going according to plan and then all of a sudden the left hand from Diaz and you're like oh my lord, he's going to pull this out of the fire. Now, you never want to lose a bet, but that would have been crazy, right? Diaz loses every minute of every round and then in the last 50 seconds. You're not even saying the last round. Then in the last 50 seconds he hurts him and if the finish came, it probably would have been somewhere with like 10, 15, 20 seconds left on the clock. That would have been Insanity. Figueredo versus Moreno. Well, we liked the kid going in. We told you to take him straight. And he submitted him. This was actually domination, in my opinion, from Moreno. It wasn't like he was just blasting Figueredo, But you could just feel the aura of the fight, if that makes sense. You could just feel it. Like, he had his number. You could say in the first fight... He did so extremely well that he could have possibly won the title in the first fight. I don't argue a draw if you want to say a draw. It's not like I'm on the Moreno bandwagon from the start that says, oh, he won the first fight, so he's going to win the second fight. I just said he had very little time to train for the first fight, was competitive, could have potentially won the first fight, did a lot of great things, showed a tremendous amount of skill. And then going into the second fight, I'm like, this kid is live really live and the reason that we like the straight instead of the props is because he had shown things in that first fight where he he was able to get to figueredo figueredo faded uh, moreno has the better cardio again you can listen to the pre-fight podcast where we break everything down but the straight bat being that moreno was an underdog was a no-brainer in my opinion because at the very least it was going to be competitive If you're backing Moreno and in fact it really wasn't competitive Moreno was up those two rounds easy I don't think anybody would dispute he was winning the fight going into the third round where he submitted him and like I said in the in the pre fight the grappling of Moreno is no joke. He was able to get uh, Figueiredo down in the first fight. He wasn't able to control him as well in the first fight as he did in this fight. But in this fight, when he got him down, he was able to control him. And then in that third round, when he came out and he got that takedown, he pretty much just ragged out him, got him in the position that he wanted. And it was tap, tap, tap. Impressive performance. You have to be happy for the kid. You could see he's just elated after after the fact, after it sunk in. It was just an impressive performance all around. I don't think a lot of people necessarily doubted Moreno. I just think that they felt that Figueiredo was such a beast in the division that nobody could handle him. And maybe he... Overlooked Moreno. Maybe it was because of the late replacement You know all of these things and they were legitimate. I said going into this fight This was a case where you might actually be able to say well the champion at a minus 200 favorite it has value just like moreno as an underdog has value because you could make a case for both of them The first fight was very close. They were both fighting a short notice, you know a change of an opponent They both did good things in the fight Figueredo has been a beast in the division destroying people left and right up until moreno. He looked unbeatable In the first fight, so I mean this was a case where going into this a lot of people were hyped for this fight Because it really looked on paper like it was going to be a competitive fight And that's why a lot of people liked Moreno as an underdog because in a competitive fight when you're getting plus money on an underdog against a kid that can really fight, you know, you got to look a little bit deeper into that. So we got that one as well. Moreno wins third round submission. The champion is Rael Arasanya against Marvin. I'm delusional. Vittori. I mean, this one, in my opinion, was actually quite boring. Pre-fight, I thought, because of the bad blood, because of uh, Adesanya coming back down off his loss, Marvin thinking he could do what he could like Jan did, that four and five, there would be an opportunity for Israel to really take over. And even though he won every single round, and it really wasn't competitive, there was a few rounds there where Marvin was able to get him down, but he really wasn't able to hold him down. Israel either just got up or reversed them. Nothing too exciting. I was kind of disappointed overall in the entire fight. The real lack of action. But more importantly, even though Adesanya won every single round, he, he kind of looked off to me. And by off, it's just like his timing. I've always been impressed with his timing and the way that he's able to maneuver people in the shots. And he was able to do that with Marvin. Listen, let's not kid ourselves. He he basically did what he wanted to do. I just thought maybe there would be a little bit more fire in the belly. Since supposedly they hated each other so much. And talked so much smack pre-fight. And uh, Israel wanted to show that he was so much better fighter than Marvin. He didn't really put his foot on the gas like I thought he could. He did. He chopped the leg up well. Marvin took the leg shots well. And he landed some good head punches here and there. But there was really no urgency in my opinion. Adesanya didn't show that he wanted to make a statement. You could see he was perfectly fine with the way the rounds were going. And they basically fought every single round the exact same way. I don't think it was anything to write home about. I mean, a 5-0 win, you've always got to be impressed with. And it's very difficult to critique a 5-0 win. Uh, We took Adesanya straight, so that was a win. But the only reason we took him straight was because of Vittori's lack of cardio. You saw that in this fight where he would just back off and basically walk forward. But he was throwing no punches. He wasn't even shooting takedowns. I mean, he was basically just... Letting Adesanya hit him and move, hit him and move and do nothing. I believe that has a lot to do with his lack of cardio. He has to slow the pace down. He does the exact same thing on the ground. You saw it in instances in the Adesanya fight where he held him up against the cage and did nothing. Absolutely nothing. Literally got broke. The crowd was booing like no action whatsoever. He's not trying for a takedown. He's not punching Adesanya. He's literally just resting. The dude has terrible cardio. I'll keep saying it and say it and say it and say it. He has terrible cardio and that's why he fights the way he does because he has to conserve it. So he just pretty much allow Adesanya to do what he wanted but for some reason he wanted to argue with his coach. In between rounds that he was winning those rounds that was one of the most bizarre things I think I've seen from a fighter corner interaction so he would come back and Raphael his trainer would be like dude you're not doing enough you need to press why are you waiting why are you so tentative and he would literally tell Raphael I won that round he did it a few times during the fight like so this guy loses basically two to one rounds in the first fight and says that he won the fight this gets him a rematch of course he went on a win streak but this gets him a rematch with adesanya he loses all five of the rounds he's arguing with his corner in between rounds that he's actually winning the fight when they're telling him no dude you're not winning the fight you're not doing anything the last round They're like, you need to finish him. You've got to take him down and pound him out. You've got to finish this guy. And he does a takedown up against the cage. And just pins Adesanya there. With no effort whatsoever to try to finish the fight. They're getting ready to announce the winner. And he's literally over there. With hope in his eyes. Thinking that there's a real chance that he's going to be announced as the new champion. He tells Adesanya after the fight, that he didn't really lose. Vittori, that Vittori didn't really lose the fight. This guy is absolutely delusional. So in his opinion, he's beat Adesanya twice and he's the new champion. I mean, there's something mentally wrong. I don't understand that. When your own corner is telling you, during the fight, dude, you are not winning. Go out there and do more. And he doesn't want to listen. That's a huge red flag. Like, I mean, you want to talk about lack of fight IQ. You're so delusional that even though you've done nothing and lost every single round, somehow, way, you think you're actually winning those rounds. I, what can you say about that? I get on most corners because they're too soft saying, Oh yeah, that was a great round. You did well. Oh, that we could have definitely got that round. He didn't get that. He got the straight truth. Like, dude, you're not doing anything. He's just outworking you. He's kicking and punching you, but they're not tremendously hard. Why are you giving him so much respect? They are literally asking him to do more and saying you're losing the fight. Do you want to be a champion? In the last round, they're like, this is it. This is your whole life. If you want to be a champion, if this is your dream, you got to go finish him. And look how he fought the fifth round. Total delusional insanity. Very, very strange fight IQ or lack of from Marvin Vittori because I believe that this dude in his heart heart of hearts really thinks he beat Izzy twice and should be the new champion. I mean, like I said, for Izzy, I'll end it with this. I don't know. I don't know if it's because he's coming back from the, the 205 division and had to cut weight. He, he he apparently said that was fine. Didn't have any issues making weight. I don't know if he just wasn't motivated because he really knows that he could just handle Marvin any day of the week. I don't know what it was. He just looked off to me and that's concerning. I've got to make sure that he's right. That is right in the head. That he's motivated. That he's the same as he... Because in his striking in his stand up, you cannot fight the way he fights and be complacent because that's a recipe for disaster. Because if you're not firing on all cylinders, cylinders he fights a lot based off reflexes. So if you're not firing, <coughs> excuse me, if you're not firing on all cylinders, you're going to have a real problem. You're going to mistime something, and a punch is going to come when you're not expecting it. He's a reflex based fighter has a very high fighter Q especially when you're talking about MMA And this is why he's able to outclass so many other fighters that he fights because they're just not in that level They don't think the way he thinks they can't implement the things that he can at the time He can with the speed he can that was another thing. I didn't think his speed was there I didn't see the. I did his defense was there, but Marvin's slow Doesn't throw a lot of punches and he just like it looked like he was moving in slow motion to me and so I gotta pay a little more attention. They're talking about the Robert Whittaker fight. Whittaker is a danger because of his punching power and he does have some hand speed. I don't want to call him on a slide, but I definitely see slips. I definitely don't think he's in his prime. Let's put it that way. And so of course I would favor Adesanya in a in a rematch with Whittaker but I would hope and pray that he performs better than he did against Marvin because even though he was able to do what he wanted, dictated the fight in 1-5-0, there was just the way he was doing it that I didn't like. It was just the way he was doing it. It wasn't even so much that he was playing with him and he could have stepped it up a notch. It just seemed like he couldn't get out of first gear the entire night. That's it for this episode of Fudge Junkie. I will suck it to you tomorrow, baby. Fudge Junkie out.